We've got Dan, also known as Gucci Smoothie, essentially. He's, uh, I don't know where to begin with, with fucking everything you're doing. You've got, <laughs> your girlfriend Liz has just one survivor. That's, yeah. that's insane. And uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. In terms of your brand, you know, it's been around for 11 years. Um, sorry to give you this real formal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to get all weird, but uh, we've got to do it quickly. Um, you know, you've got official AFL collaborations going on. What else has Sky got going on, Jack? I mean, a big brand in Street X, I think. Jess, you missed that. Um, I would say, yeah, sure. In my <laughs> eyes, I, like the way I see it is like, you know, biggest is a weird term in terms of like, well, what are we talking? Revenue or yeah. followers? Like, I don't know. But in terms of like momentum, that's when I think about your brand, it's just like from a content, from like location, you're always getting places. Mm. It's just your brand's full of momentum, yeah. you know? Oh, and we've, yeah. So, we're, man, we're beyond excited to have you on and, yeah, let's just keep talking like we were. <laughs> Sorry to get all weird <laughs> no, with uh, Yeah, like just to give the listener a bit of context, yeah, on what you've done. But yeah, I maybe you know, you're definitely the biggest streetwear brand in Perth. Like that's that's a given. And I'd maybe love to start there, um, in terms of yeah, what's that been like for you? Yeah, it's cool. I mean, the biggest thing for us is not we don't want to be known as being from Perth type thing. It's like <laughs> Perth's cool, but it's Australia and then obviously the rest of the world. That's why we always try and do stuff everywhere. Um, Perth, yeah, interesting. It's obviously a very small population, but it's great to see the like the ecosystem that exists pretty much in Perth and how cool it is. And there's a lot going on and how loyal the kids and customers are. People love supporting sort of what's local and, and what's from Perth. And then the idea with us is, is sort of trying to uplift everyone in the area to sort of show that you can do far bigger things than just be a Perth brand. Mm. Yeah, I think... You know, your brand and yourself, you do that not just for Perth, but for like the whole of Australia. Mm. You know, back to you getting over to LA, Paris, everywhere you go so mm. frequently, collaborating with international brands. Yeah. It's like massive for the industry that you go lead that. Yeah, I think we've, yeah, we've done a lot of international collaborations for a long time. Like we were the first ones to sort of start bringing people to Australia, like actually bringing brand owners and bringing certain people. Like we brought Maddie Matheson eight years ago another famous dude, Matt McCormick, who's now one of the top artists in LA, brought him seven years ago. Like we brought Anwar from Carrots eight years ago, probably long, long time ago. And like the whole cool thing with these things is just always loved collaborating. We are very, very particular with it now, but it's making sure we can align with the right people and people we can have fun with type things. Always been about that and bringing people together. Mm. absolutely it's cool if, you know if you just start in a place like perth i i feel like you know usually everyone hears these big brands come out of your places like melbourne and yeah, you know, yeah. sydney but for you to come out of perth and really be you know center stage in, in australia is you know fucking amazing and i think you know we get hit up all the time by kids in perth you know starting clothing brands now and cool interesting things and i'm sure that only spurs from mm. you know you taking the lead and creating what you have with street x so that's you know that's awesome they know they know, exactly. yeah. it's, on, it's on the hoodie. But that, that's what's cool about, I mean, yeah, it is cool. Everything we've done has always been to show that you can easily do stuff from Perth. It doesn't matter where you're based. Like when I was growing up, I always wanted a brand, but I was like, why the fuck would anyone buy anything from me? It's like, I've got no cool story. Like I'm not, I'm not from the hood. I don't come from the trenches. I don't have any cool fucking, I don't have any cool like backing story. Like my family comes from South Africa. They, they've got a cool story, but like they came to Australia and gave uh, uh, me and my brother a better life. Um, 
what's my I don't have a, I don't have a selling proposition like I was just like a kid at school um so I was always like man I want to really want to start a brand but I just had no fucking clue how uh so then from there we we started as a, a store originally selling other brands because I was like I don't know what to fucking do but maybe <laughs> if I can get some cool brands that I really like that no one else has got we can start building whatever it so we can build something. Did you have any straight X stuff at that time? No, no, no. That's crazy. We, we had a we, we had the brand like the name, but I was like, I don't know. How would you how you go about finding those brands to stock? Like just just, just you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, hey, bro. yeah. And I think that's why I've got such a good relationship with Anwar from Carrots because this was like when he was just starting peas and carrots, which is what it used to be. I just was like messaging him like, hey man, can we sell your stuff? Can we sell your stuff? And just like an internet nerd, just contacting brands I liked. Um, and there was one brand that I always grew up loving that we could never get that I still fucking get pissed off about. A brand called A Life. You guys have heard oh, of yeah, A Life? Yeah. Yeah. Brand, yeah. That was like my favorite brand of all time when I was young. Uh, when I was like 15 or 16, I went to America with my mum and I went, caught the subway and went to that store. And I was like, so, yeah. that was the one brand I always idolized. Like they did the A Life sessions out the back, party, store. They were like, they were oh, so geez, Yeah, like, yeah. Sure. like they were level. On so par with Supreme for a stage. Yeah, they were before Supreme, right? That Somewhat, I think Supreme was before, but they were at a very level pegging okay. in terms of performance. Yep. And then they had a lot of internal problems. And then obviously Supreme went off on the trajectory it's on. Um, but yeah, to me still, that was the one brand that I always was like, whoa, that's such a cool blueprint of what to do. I can see that through like where Street X is today. I can yeah. definitely see that. Like that was like for our fifth birthday, we did a, a party with New Era Anwar from Carrots and then Cousin Stiz. So we brought them to Perth and did like a release and like an in-store party. I didn't know you did Cousin Stiz. That's crazy. Yeah. So we were the first person's Perth people to bring him to Australia and we He's did dope. Perth and Melbourne, which was which was sick. Um, but that was always the goal was just trying to bring something unique. Like obviously what we were doing was trying to be something unique and then bringing in Americans and people from all over the world to try and do stuff, which is what I wanted to do. Uh, so just to dive in on like, so you didn't, start the brand with like you didn't start street x as the clothing brand no and i want to dig right into that because yep. i can draw a real similar comparison to myself you didn't do that because in your head you're like i couldn't start a clothing brand like mm. i respect clothing too much for just me to go start yeah. that that's exactly why push pull sold vintage clothing yeah. for the first year because i was like i will never start a clothing brand because why yeah what, what's the selling point yeah, like <laughs> yeah. i've got to go sell what's car. the brand about yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but in, it's so funny we did the same thing we sold other brands i sold vintage you sold you know other mm. streetwear brands and then from that you're like hold on a second like yeah. fuck it or well, it started giving us a voice to be like this is the direction and this is how it was curated this is how it was put together from there it was sort of like i think we made a few lots of like 50 t's and just gave them all away type thing mm -hmm. and it's probably only like Two and a half, three years later, we actually started selling a few things. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, I think we had a, 2011, we had like a, an online store launch and I was like, yeah, we're going to change the game. <laughs> and like online is obviously a complete different world. So like we sold nothing and I was like, oh, this is a bit hard. And then we did like a pop-up store in a place called Fremantle, which I had never, ever been to, but my friend had a gallery and he was like, do you want to do a pop-up here? And I was like, fuck, it's far from my house, but I'll, I'll give it a crack. And I remember like one week, uh, the opening day was pretty cool. We sold some stuff, but I remember like one week, it was we did $60 sales in the week. <laughs> and it was just me like sitting there like, nice. <laughs> nice. This is, yeah, this is interesting. Shit. Um, and then about a year and a half later, a girl who I knew from Fremantle was like, 
oh, there's these pop-up stores in Northbridge. And I was like, is that busier than Fremantle? Because <laughs> I didn't go there either. I only went there for <laughs> nightclubs. And she was like, yeah, it's busier than Fremantle. So I just contacted someone. I was like, signed a lease, like a short-term lease straight away. Didn't even go and look and just moved, <laughs> moved there. And then it was there for six months. And then that did really well. It was really well. We probably did a grand a week or something. Like yeah, yeah. Some insanely yeah. low You're number. You're like 20 notes. Yeah, huge. like yeah. So nothing. Uh, and then I was sort of like, well, the online store sells nothing at all. The pop-up store sells a little bit. We need an actual store. Right. And then, yeah, a store near us that was this streetwear store closed down. And I just seen it on Facebook. So I just messaged the agent of that store and I was like, hey, can I get this store? And it was like the shittest location that always failed. The agent was like, yeah, for sure. Literally looked at it and then didn't even read the lease, just signed it. Signed a five-year lease. Uh, <laughs> five <yeah>. years. <laughs> Long term. Yeah, signed a five-year with a two-year extension uh, clause in it. Uh, and then, yeah, off we went. And from there, there, that's when it started doing all right. We started selling a bit more. But that was when it became so focused on the store and not online at all. So we sort of forgot about online for a few years. Um, and everything was so store-focused. And Are then, you selling your own product at this point? Or is this still No, this other is still brands? all other brands, yeah. but a little bit of our own. Okay, okay. Yeah, still so like those, trickling it in. Yeah we're, yeah, we're starting to sell a bit more of our own. And it's starting to do well. And then we were in that store for six years. And by the end of that, it was like 80% Street X, 20% other brands. Wow. And it was sort of, we came to the realisation, I was like, well, this store is cool, but it sort of sucks because the landlord's like the boss. And I was like, probably about two years before the lease ended, I was like, we need to just refocus on online. So we've got all the power. Mm. Um, and then it came to negotiating that lease and he was just, didn't move. And I was like, man, it's Northbridge is dead, bro. Like, can I have some discount? <laughs> Really, pretty much like that because I was a bit young, mm. um, and he was like, "Nah, bro," and I was just like, "All right," and then just found another store, and I was like, "This one's cheaper and better." Fuck <laughs> yeah! There you go. And he was like, "Okay," Play on. and I was like, "Yeah," and then we literally moved, and that was the, that was the, the conversation, um, and then we moved to this new shop, and then built the shop we've now got. So that was where we really went over and above and, and tried to ma make something look aesthetically amazing, uh, and then that was we've been there for. Almost three and a half years now. Shit. And then, yeah, since then, it's been 100% Street X. Yeah. yeah. What a journey. A lot right. better, yeah. What I th find so interesting about Street X, right, is people would look at it now and be like, you know, obviously 11 years in the game and they'd try to replicate it. People come in and mm. do their brands and they're looking at you as a bit of a case study. But what I don't think brands can ever replicate is the fact that you sold all those other brands mm. means street x was growing at its foundational levels as like it was a little bit a life it was a little yeah, bit yeah, yeah. you know like uh carrots in in the sense of like that's where they were buying it from yeah, yeah. so your brand was rubbing off yep. like that and then when you actually drop the hammer and be like fuck it we're a real brand mm. it wasn't like from day one it was from day 200 yeah yeah yep. you know what i mean but that's like even like now like it's like to me 11 years is insane it like, is insane. Mm. Exactly. Like I don't, I still, if we get container coming in, I still get up early and I'm excited. Like it's so weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's like we, whenever we get containers arrive, we obviously get a notification that's coming and I'm just so stoked. And like I just go straight to the photo sample boxes and just open them and look at everything in there. Um, so for mm. me, yeah, it's still like, for when it was 10 years, I was like, cool, get rid of the zero. This is year one. But like literally again, the last year, I'm still like a tier one. Mm. Like we've, we've only had a proper team for the last year, pretty much. Yeah, what, what does that team look like and how has that evolved over the years? So for a long time, there was me. <laughs> <laughs> and like just a complete control freak. 
<laughs> in the shop seven days a week, packing orders all myself because I was like, if I don't do it, someone's going to stuff it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was a very big learning lesson. I was like, I met these guys from a brand called Daily Paper in yeah. uh, Europe, mm-hmm. one of the biggest brands in Europe right now. And they were a couple years, similar my age, and they were maybe a couple years younger and a couple years older. Uh, and they were like, man, the first thing you need to do is get out of the fucking shop and stop trying to do everything yourself. You cannot do anything yourself. And that was the first step in being towards where I am now. And then another guy, Mike Sherman from Chinatown Market or Market, same thing, we discussed it for ages. And he's like, all of my friends were like, what are you doing type thing? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Um, and then also Anwar from Carrots. Like I discussed a lot of this stuff with a lot of different people. Uh, and then, yeah, the second I got out of the shop, everything started getting better and working not in the business, working on the business. Uh, and it's probably been, yeah, so the last year we, we've got a full-time general manager who oversees pretty much the whole business with me, full-time designer and creative main, our main creative lead. Like he doesn't really sort of call himself the creative director, but he very much is alongside me doing everything creatively and he brings in a lot of amazing stuff himself. Uh, we've got a part-time production dude. Uh, we've got a full two full content guys. Uh, and then we've got three full-time guys who work at the warehouse, who are across the warehouse stuff, across the shop, across a lot of the stuff within the business. One of them is a full-time printer. So he prints everything sample-wise DTG sure. and then he outsources any screen printing we have to do. It's a big ass team. Yeah. Yeah, and then we've got like an army of young legends who all just pack orders. Just kids from push ups. Yeah. Off the street or like. Yeah, well, they're all like, again, <laughs> customers or fans or like friends, little brothers that I think there's about 12 of them who all interchange between the store and warehouse. Wow. And then we're in the middle of getting a, a new store manager. So we've got quite a few people up. And this is all in the last year. For the most part. Yeah, well, the, the, main, the main ones, like full-time content guy, the general manager, uh, the secondary content guy. Yeah, pretty much they've all come in. And then we've got another junior designer at the warehouse too. Yeah, so there's quite a few people. Though. Um, but it's pretty much, it's only really the last year, year and a half is where they've all mm. started working properly as a team. And it's still getting, like, it's still such early days. That's yeah. why I'm so excited about it. Yeah. With that excitement, you, you remind me... I mean, the 11 years you've been in the game, we had Summer Jam on that basketball. Comp- yeah, yeah, yep. Those boys have been doing it for 10 years. It's, wow. And how you said, like, when you open up boxes yeah. and you got that excitement, that's like them, like, every yeah. time they're at the court, they're feeling like it's day one again. Yeah. There's so much to be fucking said for that. You know, yeah. like... Yeah, so if you've, as long as you've got that drive. Mm. Like, that's what's so cool because we've got such a good team now and I'm just, like, ADHD wanting to go there, 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 there. <laughs> so it's, they all pull me back into the the right line to, to sort of keep going on that trajectory. Cause I think that's one thing we've definitely made mistakes with over the years is trying to do everything mm. because I just get so excited. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do that. And it can dilute the brand if you're trying to do everything. Yeah. So that was also a very much a realization for myself is we're not that, 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 that. It's like, we need to be that. Mm. So it's also coming to terms with that because I always, <laughs> I just want to do everything. So like, what is straight X? Like, what is that for straight X? Uh, and I think in terms of like the overall, why I look at the business as a whole, I think the reason, like for me, my personal reason for doing it is sort of when I was younger, I always wanted to be that kid who was like, I've got different stuff. I've got this, I've got that. And I want to have stuff people don't. And I want to be different. And I want to be that. And I think that sort of draws down from the idea of the feeling you get 
that's associated with being those things. So that was my always my personal reason is how can I give other kids that feeling because I was that customer. Mm. I was that little kid who was like, fuck, I want to go into a shop and then buy what they don't have. To be. I walk back into the shop and be like, what's up? Yeah. Type yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so overall, the way I look at the business, okay, we've been, I've been working on this for a while is trying to summarize the, the reason of what the business is. Uh, and so for me, it would probably be the idea of creating a vehicle that gives every person the ability to be clothed by us and in terms better themselves, mentally, physically, however it is they want to be, to live their best possible life. So it's nothing to do with making the best product. Like, no one gives a fuck, man. The whole thing is about enriching the lives of the community we can touch. And I want that community to be every single person alive. Mm. So I would love every single person alive to be wearing Street X to be able to give every single person that feeling. And that is the whole goal and driving force. Because for so long, like you look at so many brands as like, oh, we're a brand like no other. Like... Brands and websites still say it. It's like, man, you're the fucking same as everyone. You got a different name on your fucking shirt, bro. Mm, mm. Like you guys don't do anything. So for us, the big thing has always been trying to work out what is our point of difference. And like, I'm very, very outspoken online, which I'm sure some people like, and a lot of people <laughs> fucking hate. That's completely fine. Yeah. So I've always want the brand to stand as its own thing, as the brand to operate as this vehicle where we can change people's lives without sounding corny and cringe. It's like, it's more so to give kids, especially because a lot of kids are in that position where they're lost, they don't know what they fucking like, they don't know what they're doing. Because when I was that age, like I, would, I was always asking for a job at this one shop, they never fucking gave me a job. And I was sort of just like, fuck you. <laughs> and that's completely fine because we get kids asking us all the time. <laughs> and they're like, and fuck, they're like you. fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's good, good. Yeah. I want them to be like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, you, we've got kids who've done that and have got jobs. Like it's just that cycle where you just want to create as much as possible and give kids as much of an opportunity because you have you got to weed out the ones that you can see. It's not mm. reality. Whereas you've had some kids like that who've come to us who have been insane, like mm. amazing. Mm -hmm. And the whole idea, like I think that's where everyone's always like, "What does they know mean?" That's where they know sort of come from that whole mentality mm -hmm. because Street X is Street X. Street X is a standalone thing they know is like our just do it. Yeah. It's our slogan if you want to use it as that, but it's always like, it's the built off the foundation of that mentality. It's that mentality where it's like someone tells you you can't do it. It's like, fuck you. It's that whole idea of always being told no and yes, no, 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 no. It's like, I can do it myself type thing. And that's where it's always come from. And that's where the fist has always come in as a thing where it's just like, <laughs> they know. Yeah. And because it's like, people can doubt it, but you, you're going to do it anyway. As I said at the start, like it's momentum. It's the key yeah. word. I think they know is momentum. Yeah. It's like I'm going to knock doors down yep. because it's like, because I have momentum. Exactly. I am exactly my own right. momentum. And, and, that's, and that's, that's you. That's exactly what it is. It's like, cool. You want to get a, a, a shoe collab. You want to get eyewear collab. You want to get this collab, this, whatever it is. Everyone loves collabs. Um, you don't need them. Mm. You do yourself. And like you need the acceptance of this person at this shop mm. or this stockist or if you want to get a job somewhere, you need their acceptance or you want to be part of this. It's like, you don't need it. You can do it yourself. That's always what the whole they know thing has been built upon. It's like the whole reason for me is like the why is sort of the foundation and the, um, the whole ethos and the brand, everything is that foundation you build upon. And mm. they know sits within that building upon because it's just an extension of, Street X to a degree. 
Fuck, I love it, man. It's yeah, it's it's sick. It's fucking. I don't know. I'm just in awe of it. Like I, <laughs> I, I get it, and it it's it's driven by you essentially. Yeah. And you go back to you starting Street X. It wasn't actually your own clothing, yeah. and like, but then a bit of momentum, and like you kind of be like fuck it, like they know. And then we fast forward to t- today. You're in fucking Paris. You're in the US, you know, Logan Paul comes here. He knows, like, he's like, yeah. he's with you, you know, like, it's that's that momentum you've created. Yeah, and I think it's, again, it just links back to the whole, like, the whole idea of what we try and see the brand as. It's like, it's not about necessarily the clothing. It's about everything that's built around it. And it links back to just being a normal person. Like, you're not, don't be rude to people. If someone walks into our <laughs> store, couldn't care less if you don't buy anything. Like, you're going to well, get treated completely normally. If you buy something or if you don't, you get treated the same. Mm. Uh, and that's what we try and instill across the board is number one thing, which sort of linked to what I mentioned with the brand is about being a normal, good person because at the foundation of everything, no matter how cool your fucking brand is, if you're not a good person, it's short term. Whereas long term, if you are a good person, your morals and the foundation's correct, I think is it's going to go long term, which was everything we try and do is long term focused. So. I suppose we've seen that, and you know, you're looking at Melbourne mm. now. Yep, coming up, we were looking at spaces yesterday yeah, in yep. the CBD. Yep, that's um, the plan. I, yeah, again, like we, we've had such a long path because one, obviously, no experience. Two, working out what that path was, obviously being online and pop ups, uh, and then Perth, which is amazing. The one thing is, I just ne- we never want to be known as a brand that doesn't try things. Like we always want to try push the envelope and try and do more. I'd much rather go out on our shield and fail and try something crazy than, oh, let's just stay in Perth and mm. you're cosy at home in our nice house <laughs> and our office and cool hours. Is, let's just chill here. Mm. That's, I mean, yeah, it's... goes against everything. What well, goes everything? Up, if yeah. I did that, it goes against everything I've just fucking said. Yeah. 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 Absolutely fraud. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, we want to clothe every person alive and we want to give everyone this feeling and ability yeah. to... Uplift themselves. It's like, cool, you're a fraud. Yeah. You're not doing that. Yeah. You're yeah. sitting in Little Perth. Right. right. Sure. So that's the whole thing is about, I think Melbourne, I want to do Melbourne is because it's so different to Perth. Mm. Perth and Sydney, I think, are closer to each other. They're more LA orientated, whereas Melbourne's more New York East Coast. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I want to do. I want to do Melbourne because it's very opposite to what Perth is. Um, even here, like at home, wearing t-shirt and shorts still was here. It's like fucking hoodies, pants, yeah, puffers. Always. Mm. Yeah, and it's, it gives a very much a contrast to what we have at home. And then even just metropolitan areas, so different city-wise and the way it's built up. Um, so yeah, the plan, I think probably the second half of next year, we'll ideally open a, a secondary flagship here. We've always done pop-ups. Um, and everyone's just like, man, you got so many stores. I'm like, we got one, bro. There's <laughs> just pop-ups. Pop-ups, aren't, pop-ups are pop-ups. They're, yeah. they're not permanent. Um so I think we'll, we'll probably do one or two pop-ups here this year, maybe another one next year, and then ideally the second half of next year open. But it's a long process trying to fucking find and then build the space because our store at home, for those of people who haven't seen it, is, I think it looks pretty cool. Uh, and the whole thing with that store was it needed to be a work of art. Mm. So opening here has to level that up again. Yeah. There's no backward steps. So it's like we have to keep, keep building on and keeping that momentum rolling uh, and just consistency. Because if you're not consistent, if we have this amazing built-out store at home and then come here and we're on the outskirts in this little shitbox of a store, <laughs> it goes yeah. against everything we're sort of yeah, about. Yeah, you're going backwards in yeah, a way. correct. Yeah. I, f- I think in terms of like the ducks lining up, you've this year you've landed the official AFL club uh, yeah. licence. 
And, you know, in the past we've done the Ben Cousins, we've done, you know, and absolutely smashed it. I might ask a little bit about that. Tell us, I mean, I think from like the football perspective, Australia, you know, AFL is pretty much religion, especially Mm. in Melbourne, especially in Perth. Um, Tell us like, you know, getting Ben on and yeah, talk us through it. Well, the whole reasoning behind it is like, if you look at Australia, like obviously NBA in America or NFL, like those sports or MLB are like religion and they're so ingrained in the culture and they're cool. Whereas for me, AFL was whack as anything in Australia. <laughs> like, honestly. What someone you, someone what had to say. <laughs> it's an amazing sport. Everything about it's sick, but everything associated with is whack. Like, right. if you look at the NBA, the NFL, and MLB, how they activate, yeah. brand alignment, sponsorship deals, how the players are treated, mm. everything is so cool. Like, there's the league walks, uh, walking out to the games, the NBA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The LA, um, LA Rams for the Super Bowl last year, like, they had multiple brands collaborating with the Rams, activations all leading up to the finals. Mm-hmm. Whereas AFL is like, Got all these amazing sports stars, amazing clubs. And Bun- Bunnings ads. Are, yeah, like, like for so long, yeah. nothing. I'm like, <laughs> these players in reality are somewhat of celebrities in Australia. Sure. It's like, why are they not uplifted more? Yeah. And why you, are they not doing more? All those US leagues, definitely more player driven. Yeah. And yeah. The and AFL- that's, what, that's what I mean about being whack is yeah. because we're so far behind yeah. them. And that's ideally where we, obviously without sounding arrogant, is where we want to come in and be like, there's so much more you can do. Like you guys are legends. Let's make something fucking way cooler. I'll, make I'll it like what it could be. Yeah, that thinking's incredible. You know, you look at the NBA, like half the best players own their own clothing brands, etc. And then I think you brought up Jack Ginevan before. Mm. Like he's got such a unique style. You know, yeah. he wears like knits and yep. distressed hats and you know, big jorts and all that shit. I think um, you know, if you who knows, maybe if Street X partner up with someone mm. like that and, and then just kind of like raise him. and Because yeah. at the end of the day as well with these footballers, and we speak to so many. I mean, we had Scott on um, last episode and we, we the common theme we speak to these guys about and uh, one of our owners, Tom Wilson, is currently playing as well in the league. Mm. And we hear time and time again that these guys don't have much outside of football. Yeah. And it's like, hey, like, I don't know when they're going to get the message that it's like, use your time in football yeah, yeah. to build something. Yep. So then when you fucking leave the game, you've got something. Momentum. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> they yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's literally like, again, it's such a good platform for people in Australia because it's the most, it's the sport we all grew up watching. Yeah. Like, even if you don't like footy, you can't not appreciate a grand final. Yeah, it's culture. Like, yeah, it's just like in high school, it's like, cool, you all go to someone's house, everyone's drinking. It's the greatest grand. It's like yeah. grand final day. It's like, footy colours yeah, at school and correct, shit. Correct. <laughs> and that's what's like. That's what's so cool about it is because there's such an opportunity where there's such a lack of things being done. You can replicate what the NBA and NFL mm. and MLB is doing, and that's what's so good. That the AFL are finally coming to terms with now. So we're finally, after years of ripping off their logos, which no one knows that. <laughs> that was the, Everyone knows that. Yeah, like, when we when we did finally sign a deal with them, it was like, ah. Oh, Good to finally make this official. <laughs> yeah. and I was like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. No, no idea. <laughs> so, so what does that license look like to begin with? So it'll be two years. Uh, and then obviously the Eagles and Dockers is home. So mm-hmm. we had to start with them because, of course. It's they like, know. Yeah, exactly. That's like. We grew <laughs> up I'm like we're going to say <laughs> yeah. it about 10 more times. <laughs> we so. grew up yeah. watching them. So it's like a big part of West Australian culture. Of course we do that. Uh, and in July we picked two. We're doing the West Coast and Eagles properly. So we just did a tee for the Derby. Uh, doing the West Coast and uh, Frio, and then we're doing two East Coast clubs, Bulldogs and Carlton. Sick. Uh, one, because Bulldogs, I've got a lot of friends who play for them, and I, I really, that's why I follow over here. 
Uh, and in Carlton, their brand aesthetic, and we've got a few WA boys there. Sick. I think they're a great fit. Uh, mm. So we'll do those four. And then for the finals, we've got a few more coming. Mm. Collingwood's the – I really I love Collingwood. So yeah. I really want to do a Col- Collingwood's cool. the next thing. But I want to slowly, slowly bring that out. We're, they try to get us to do 18 or all the clubs, and I was like, no way. No way. <laughs> That's not, it's not about that. It's like you don't want to design that GWS Giants orange. No, outfit. I just, I just, it's like it's not, it doesn't align with our brand. Our whole thing is not doing everything. For sure. We want to pick and choose what we can do and what we want. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're doing some like big heavyweight wool varsity jackets for July and just tees and hoodies, uh, and then we'll do something special for the finals. But we don't want to. I don't want to overdo it. Like our brand is not that. Our brand is not just that. We've got so much more. This is a fun part of the brand. But we're not dedicating our whole life to building 18 different collections yeah well then you're kind of just like merchandise yeah so we don't do that yeah and that's that's the problem it needs to be within fit within our brand yeah Uh, and it's so cool in terms of the the marketing side the ability we've got with that too so they're very much forward with us going and doing what we want with that too so that's gonna be right so you pretty much have like free creative yeah discretion and that's exactly where we wanted it to be where it almost gives us creative control and creative direction of where we want to send AFL obviously there's a lot of parameters colors designs but as long as we can get things improved no problem at all mm. hey, back, yeah back to the ducks lining up you know you've got that sorted with the AFL and you know in Melbourne just yeah absolute religion here and that I mean that's 10% of why you go well here yeah, less yeah. like you've already built this you know juggernaut here in Australia and I'm you know being from Melbourne I'm so excited to see it out here I think we, we we lack, you know, there's always a lack of community, really, especially within fashion. Really, the whole reason we do this podcast is to bring people on to, to kind of lift the lid on some industry shit. Like, there's kids listening right now, like, wow, like, that's how you do an AFL collaboration. Yeah, and yeah. Just, to, just those little, I mean, that's a big thing, but all the little things you've mentioned as well. But in reality, they're not. Yeah. They're not. Like, as long as you're, like, so Crocs is probably the, was there over $4 billion company, so that's probably the, you'd say they're the biggest one we've done. Um, but it's like... It's not. It just, t- it just takes time. That's all it is. It's like, yeah. as long as you're doing what you do is good and what you're doing is of some sort of substance, these things will come. Yeah. Like the Crocs thing was not like a us emailing them. It's like, we just got an introduction and went from there. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. And eventually when it comes out, everyone's like, wow. It was an international uh, collaboration too, wasn't it? Mm, yep. Yep. So it was all over, uh, I can't even remember where it was stocked. It was stocked in multiple places. Uh, but it was, that was, again, that was a, a lot of, approvals a lot of stuff to deal with but it's just like pretty much what we already do on a larger scale didn't i show speed where yes that's why i was like what the hell <laughs> yeah, yeah that's crazy i don't know how how that happened and no like we've always young thug wore something we wore we made <laughs> ages ago and i again have no idea how that happened at all either <laughs> that's so dope uh, like from just a clothing brand perspective it's so cool to have your products reach like when you're doing international yeah. shit it's like oh these guys are just finding it somewhere well that's the thing is like there's so many people be like yeah we set that up we did this bro and i was like i got no fucking clue <laughs> <laughs> so it's cool and that's like again is everyone's always like oh if one person wears your thing that's going to change your world it's not never reality. does yeah. no no it's all about Again, it's like the consistency. If you can consistently consistently do things well, yep. those things are just added benefits that, mm. that come in. Too. Yeah. Back to time and, you know, you've been planting those seeds for 11 years. And more recently, you know, you're getting overseas more. You know, mm. we've seen you in LA. We've seen you in Paris. Is that a concerted effort, you know, to, to start planting those seeds to get... Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I've been going to LA for years and it's just like some people I've, I'm friends with have become famous without like... Like there's a guy, Evan Mock, who's uh, one of the most famous models in the world right now. 
Uh, he's on Gossip Girl. And I just literally met him years ago in Costa Mesa and we just became hell mates. And now he's fully famous. I'm just like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's my mate. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, wow. Okay, he was always a legend. Like one of the, like such a good dude. And he's just become fully famous. So like, it's so crazy to see people go on different trajectories. Yeah, I suppose, but you just got to go. Like, Yeah, and it's like, We've always, we've done it. We did a pop up there in 2015 or 2016. We did another pop up there last year. We did a party there last year. So we've always done stuff there, which is great. Mm. Obviously, we worked with Ruka. Started last year, so I was over in Costa Mesa after that. Um, What's that like? How are those pop ups and parties different to Perth and Australia? They're not very. They're pretty much similar. Yeah, <laughs> lots of people, lots of alcohol. People love partying. They've all done really well. Um, which was like we just did a party at the Ace Hotel with one of my friends, Ish Sapita, who's a pro skater. Yeah. We did a collaborative thing. And then instead of doing a pop-up like everyone does, we're like, let's do a just straight-up party and then release online. Mm. Uh, and that was sick. Yeah, it's it a really good fun. way to do it. Build it's that like culture. Different. Yeah, yeah, rather than like, oh, here, come to my shop and buy a T-shirt. Yeah, like a, a little beer. bit drunk, buy a $50 T-shirt. Yeah. Where, where do I put does. the T-shirt? I'm wearing one. Yeah. And that's mm. the beauty of having the power of our online store and our store at home is – we can travel and then do stuff from right. wherever. Yeah, you are freed up to do that stuff now. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Jess and I speak about it a lot and we want to get overseas with, with what we're doing at Colour Plane. And for us, we just know there's no equivalent to getting on a plane and going there. And even yep. if you don't have much lined up, just go and speak yep. to people and Im- immerse yourself in it yep. and you'll be yeah, travel, amazed at the Travel is such an amazing thing. Yeah, like you're, big the, on, you're big on travel. Obviously. One of the biggest things that changed my business mind was travel. You're going to go, my life. Yeah, and that too. It's like, it's just <laughs> such a thing where it just, just things happen. Like you meet people, you never know who you're talking to. Some trips, nothing happens, but that's all part of the deal. Mm-hmm. You just got to keep, and again, it's about consistency. You're cons- consistently doing it and doing things right, yep. and pushing your own brand and then doing things in the right direction. Things start happening. Yeah. It's pro- yeah, I mean, when, you know, you had Mike and Logan roll in mm-hmm. like, and you, you guys are on the beach and there's some tensing going on. <laughs> course uh, big fan of it well give us the <laughs> the lowdown on that that seems like yeah that was just a, a friend of a friend in la set that up and another friend had a cool boat so he got the boat uh, <laughs> and then just took him out and they were just yeah mike especially legend yeah good man yeah just like add yeah crazy <laughs> just the best which is <laughs> <Mike laughs> the best yeah my, my type of person yeah <laughs> um and that's what yeah it's just like no one cares about your business bro it's like as long as you're a normal person, yeah. you guys will get on with people. For sure, for sure. And the day, it's just good people. Yeah, and they're good like, people. I mean, obviously Logan's another level of celebrity. Like, yeah. it's a different world. Yeah. Uh, but same thing, like, with Kid Leroy. Like, we did a pop up with right. him in Sydney 2016, and it was 300 kids. And then when he came back to Perth, he's like, hey, man, do you want to do a pop-up? And I was like, sure. And there was like <laughs> a 1,000 or 2,000 2, kids outside. Channel 7's there. Yeah, like, every news agent was there interviewing people. And I was like... Man, he's just a good dude. We just stayed stayed in touch. And when I know he's DJ really well, uh, when he was in Perth, he's like, "Do you want to do it?" Like he didn't even say, "Let's do one." He's like, "Do you want to do one?" And I was like, "Sure." And it's just like, yeah, if you can bond with people on a personal level, because if you fuck with, no one's gonna work with you. Yeah, generally, generally, generally. <laughs> a lot of fuckwits though. A lot of fuckwits. A lot of fuckwits. Fuck Jack Harlow pulled up when he was yep. here. Super nice dude. Uh, I knew the support act who were playing with him, and they were legends. We worked with them, uh, and then Jack was super nice. A lot of different celebrities, if you want to. Again, they're all just normal people. Yeah, I love the way you put it earlier as well. It's like people listening to, you know, it's just the stigma of clothing brands. Like you get Jack Harlow, you get Kid Leroy, you get Logan Paul or whatever in a shirt and the brand's a success the next day. You'll sell 5,000 tees, that, probably that T-shirt. Here's not how it works. 
in fact, sometimes it's like you go backwards somehow. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, but like, again, but if you can get those three guys and their three girlfriends and the next three people, that's how you go. Yeah, it's just brand. constantly rolling over, con- things constantly getting better. Hmm. It's like, there's, yeah, there's no one event generally that's going to change your business. How, how do you continue to reinvent the wheel? Because, you know, you've obviously got a lot of this momentum, mm. some of the biggest names in the world. You've released tons of product. Uh, how do you how do you keep making bigger and better interesting things for people to follow? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, you can't do it yourself. Yeah, there's not one person who just does everything. It's like constantly building, traveling again is a massive thing with that. But then constantly trying to be inspired. Like if you're so motivated and amazed by everything you're doing, one that's a great thing. But you can't get stuck in just doing the same repetitive thing. It's constantly trying to do more and expand. And that's why I get so excited about is like trying to do more things in the direction we want to go. And that's certainly not just me going, let's do this, 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 this. There's so much other shit that goes on behind the scenes that people don't see. Mm. Everyone just assumes, oh, wow, Daniel does so much. I was like, I do work very hard, but they've got such a great team of people around me to help mm. and uplift everything. Yeah, moving on and looking at that person sort of out of the nine to five, moving away from your business a little bit because, like, we, you know, you, you are a polarizing eye in in a, in a good way. You know, you got the, the a su- bad way sometimes. Uh, no, <laughs> I'll, I'll focus on the positive. <laughs> I mean, like, it, I mean, even right now, currently, you know, with your partner winning Survivor, like you are, you know, you, the the Channel Nine are just constantly writing articles about you. It's, it's, you know, whether at the front of your store or whether they're writing weird things about your love life. Mm. There's a lot going on there, but I'm more interested in the person we don't see at, on camera. Like, who is that Dan that is at home? You know, you, yeah, who is that person? Pretty much all I do at home is stay at home with my dogs and my partner, go to the warehouse and go to work, occasionally go to the shop, go to the gym, and then go home. I don't do anything. Yeah, I don't like, I don't go out that much. I just either work, gym, partner. That's pretty much all I really do. Like we've got mats in our warehouse now so I can train with my friends come to the warehouse. So I have to minimise leaving <laughs> leaving, <laughs> leaving the, the warehouse. Uh, I just got a sauna put into my house so I don't have to leave for that. So I can stay for that. <laughs> um, yeah, I try really minimise my outside shit. Like I, just, I don't like doing stuff. What do you struggle with within all that? Is there anything that stands uh, out? Yeah, even like, I mean, obviously over the years, the mental side of stuff is always so hard. Eh? I find that very challenging. It's like, one, you've got a team, so they are very much reliant on the business and yourself. So that's something to deal with. Uh, and there's just always so many things going on. Like sometimes it's like you need to step back and relax. And that, that's why I always try and do as much training as possible. That's why I got a sauna. Try and do things that I really want to do that make me I feel so much better. Once I do that, because I'm a fucking dickhead a lot of the time <laughs> if, I, if I don't do things. And that's why I've had a lot of, uh, even with my team, like so they'd be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, yeah, and that was my fault. Like, well, I've done things where make rash decisions. Like, over the time, I've got so much better, but I've learned so much about myself. Because, like, previously, years ago, someone would fuck up and be like, oh, I'll go psycho. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> but that's reality. That's yeah. part of learning and growing with sure, business. Sure. So I've tried to get a lot better at that now, and it's coming more understanding and putting myself in an actual leadership role of trying to coach people in the directions they need to go. And that's what's so cool with the team now is they're all getting so good at what they do to really minimize my involvement. Mm. But there is, yeah, there's so many things. It's like, to me, I'm, we're not even close to where I want to be. So there's always that pressure. I'm like, come on, we need to do more, we need to do more, we need to do more. But it's like, it's not so much focused on growth. 
It's more so we just, I just want everything we do to be the best possible output. Processes? Yeah. Because yeah, that's something I've realized lately too. Like I reckon writing goals down and shit, like I get too fixated. Mm. I'll, I'll be like, I'll be honest. I'll be like scrolling like, why haven't we grown today? I'm yeah, like, correct, correct. I don't want to be that fucking guy. That yeah. sucks. Being that because guy. that's the thing. If you become so fixated on say one number, for example, and just hitting that number and growth, you're going to put so many important things and affect them detrimentally. Like again, if you want to hit some X number, you're going to do everything to hit that number. And that yeah. might be it. The, yeah. the cost of cost your team. Of some or, customers yeah, or your yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. And that's a perfect example for that. Like we just had Black Friday in November and then December, our two biggest month ever in the history of the business. January comes, I was like, oh, cool, let's keep going. And that was just me with the blinkers on. Yeah. And then my team was like, hey man, we are all cooked. Yeah. Um, we heap- celebrate a bit. Yeah, right? there's heaps of problems that we need to fix process-wise and outputting orders. Like we had a three or four week backlog of orders. We had so many problems going on internally. And I was just like, Let's do another release. <laughs> and it was, it was a very good realisation to have like the team. Fucking hell, Dan, get in the yeah, corner and exactly. <laughs> get clear. <laughs> exactly. So that was a great way to bring, so we, we put a hold on things, put things in place. And ideally we're building through that now to this November again, which will be another massive one. But come November, December, we'll be in the position where it's going to be much easier to handle and process those things. Mm. And that's, again, is like we just did the release on the weekend. Some things did better than we thought. It's a bit of stress on the team, but then they're all putting things into place now to minimize those effects. Mm. It's funny when, you know, you 11 years ago sitting maybe in that Fremantle pop-up and, you know, wanting to make sales, like you'd die to be in the position you're in. Oh, yeah. But the position you're in now, you're like, fuck, selling equals like lots of problems. Yeah, but again, it's like they're, they're great problems. Great problems to have. They're not, yeah, they're the, they're the most positive problems to have because there's not one thing negative about them. They're all great problems to have to deal with because they're all fixable. Mm-hmm. And when they are fixed things are getting even better. Like I remember when I was, when I first started the business, I was like, if we ever did a million dollars in a year, I'm retiring. That's what I thought when I was young. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's nothing now. That's not even like, it doesn't get you anywhere. Right. Yeah. And it's like, that's the thing is you become too fixed on goals and fixated on a number or a thing that you want to hit. It's like, when you get there, it's like, Oh, what do I do now? Yeah, for sure. So that's the whole thing. It's always wanting to be the best is cliche. It's like, you're never going to be the best. Mm. And cool, when you are the best, what do you do then? You yeah. sit on the top and then you go back down? Yeah. So for me, it's like you always want to be better. Mm-hmm. Keep getting better and keep improving, keep going, keep being consistent and not setting a ceiling on it. I want to aim three kilometers ahead of where I should aim so we'll never get there. Yeah. Because you will never reach it. Yeah. But that's the best way to be because as soon as you think, oh, I want to be the best, when you get there, that's when the problems start. What next? Yeah. And that's where like, I always had that idea. It's cool, I want to get to this number. When you get to that number, it's nothing in your life changes. Mm, sure. But then you get to that number, it's like, oh, do I restart now? And that's like a big thing what I've really tried to do now is just keep trying to instill the idea of being better and better and expanding and growing and trying to get the team to the level where a lot of the guys, myself included, came from zero experience. Mm. We've got one guy who came from corporate who's very experienced. But the rest of us have all got like no experience. So it's like very much, you can't just expect the world straight away. Fostering and curating that whole team so we can become in two or three years like a Goliath type thing. Mm. Have you taken on any money over the years from investors? Or no. no, never, that's never, a, ever. No, no, not never, ever. <laughs> no, but no way now. Like yeah. we've got everything we do is funded by ourselves. All our marketing, we pay for everything. We've never had outside help from anyone, uh, and that's always been the goal because we do it. Like it's very much a part of everything we've done. Like our store builds, which are crazy. We do. 
big marketing videos and campaigns, everything's ourselves. We don't want to, like that's a big part of our brand for now. And ideally with the expansion over here, everything internationally, again, we're going to do it as long as we can by ourselves. That's the plan. Have you had any characters come along the way to splash some cash in mm, and get yeah. rich get rich quick? Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, well, the one thing that was the best ever when I was young, this guy took me out for this dinner and to try because I was broke at the time. This is a long time ago, and I remember he bought. We go to this most ex- one of the most expensive restaurants in Perth, and wine. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> orders two five hundred dollar bottles of wine, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't even drink that much, and yeah. I was like, what the hell is this dude doing? And I was just sitting there the whole time. I was like, this guy makes me pay for the bill. I'm going to smack him out. Yeah. <laughs> Long story short, he ended up paying. And it was, yeah, it was just a very weird experience. And thank God I never agreed to anything. Right. Yeah. But mm. now nah, it's, we're very much building a team to, to do everything and self-sufficient as possible. It's yeah. hard when you are that young guy with a low bank account. And we've, yeah. we're all been, we've all been there. We all go through ebbs and flows. And that's when you, you can go, oh, fuck, you know, maybe a little bit of a quick like grab yeah. here. But you're, I love, you know, with your... Th- thoughts and theories and momentum it's like think long yeah, in 3k yeah. ahead but that's the thing is like why take money from someone if they unless they cannot unless they bring some amazing addition to your business like if they can give you this crazy logistical win or crazy manufacturing that changes your margins forever or they give you their their logan paul or their <laughs> kid they're someone or they're just justin bieber wants yeah, to be yeah. the, your partner and he wants to be the face of it yeah. something that could change you that's like exponential growth yeah yeah like there's no reason for some dude who's just got coin to give you money go to a bank yeah like if you really need to go to a bank yeah. well said there's much smarter ways to source funds than because once that person gives you money once you take it you're attached to them for life yeah and mm. someone to be said for that losing that control very dangerous partnerships are dangerous yeah. that's why we've always that's why i always started the business myself uh my team members and the guys with me are very important but we've always i've always stayed at 100 percent to myself uh, because I've just, I've never, I've always seen partnerships end so badly. Yeah. There's a lot that do for sure. We, we, yeah, we speak to some of them and yeah, we've all been there, but um, <laughs> moving forward, um, I guess just, you know, wanting to speak on behalf of like everyone in Australia and hopefully globally as well for those little couple Swedish listeners that we do have, um, you know, the way you push the envelope like with your marketing, with your product, thinking big, no, I just want to thank you. It, it definitely rubs off on everyone, man. And yeah, certainly speak for myself, but mm. I know many people, the way they think about you. Even Pat the other day, my mate texted me and he's just like, it's like shit, you know, like the way he was- Fuck, like, he's a freak. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking no. <Yeah. laughs> That's the truth of it. No, nah, the reality is like the effect, literally everything we've spoken about today is real. It rubs off on people. Keep but I going. think like the biggest thing, and I thank you, obviously, the biggest thing for that is like, you have to be, like at least what we said, you have to be yourself. Like if you have this big act or this big thing and like as much as I don't want to say I'm a personality, like on social media it might look very much like that. But from meeting me, if you met me and I was this quiet guy who couldn't look you in the eyes, wouldn't shake, like limp handshake. <laughs> yeah, or like very like the opposite of what I am. Uh, to me, I very much stand and I think I'm quite similar to what I have online, yeah. which a lot of people like and a lot of people hate, which is completely fine because if you're going to be unique and you want to be yourself – always going to have people who don't like it and that is a big part i think for me also linked back to what we spoke to before a big part of being yourself in terms of personal brand or business is you're always going to deal with people who don't like it and that is such a to me is a positive thing because the fact that people don't like it means you're doing something that hits a market and you want to hit a market because Mm. everyone cannot always like it 
They can't win everyone. And I've had the mistake so many times where I've tried to win people who are so far gone. <laughs> and it's just like, bang, 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 bang. And I'm Brick like, wall. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, when I was younger, I was so like, man, why do these people not like me? You can't have everyone love it. And that's the thing I've always like, our whole ethos with the brand is we want to give the ability for everyone to feel this certain way. And that's why I like it because we're aiming where we probably will never get. Mm-hmm. And that's such an important thing. And I think for, especially for the young kids, that's the biggest thing to realize is like, I say no to people. Everyone's going to say no to someone. You're going to get more no's than yeses. That's completely fine. And I think it's getting used to that and being aware of that because if you're so content with yourself and the business and the brand or whatever it is, those no's are fine because someone's eventually going to say yes. That's, I think, the biggest thing to take away at the end. Fucking nice. I love that. Love it, man. Uh, man, can't wait to see where this momentum continues to take you and get down to Melbourne. Yeah. Get down to Melbourne and uh, they know. <laughs> Appreciate you, brother. Oh, no, no. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs>